Good evening. Hey, I, I, I got a question. How many people out here, gosh, I feel like I'm really, really hot, Jimmy. I just feel like, like man, I'm just, <laughs> no, you're okay, we're good. All right, anyway, um, h- how many of you would consider yourselves risk takers? Yeah? Kind of like, I mean, like, or like, and I'm not asking you to raise your hand on this. How many would just like, man, I would rather just like live in bubble wrap for the rest of my life and just be safe? I mean, I feel like a lot of us, a lot of times, we th- there are things that we take risk. Like if, if you're going to amusement park, if you're a roller coaster rider, you want the biggest batted ro- roller coaster. If you like roller coasters, you know, it's not like we lived in Europe. For like just years and years and years, and we took we were told like there's this great roller po- coaster park and take your kids and you'll love it. It's European, and literally the track wasn't above my chin. I mean, it was just just really kind of disappointing. It was like this little train that you got on, and and all the Germans were like, hey, "It's so skinny, it's so skinny." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I can literally see you like just, woo, you know, I mean. The hills in Claremont. I mean, so it was it was disappointing because we, we like big roller coasters. We like, and so it's funny. And, you know, if we're adventurous, I know, like, adventurous people that like to, like, climb mountains. And they like to, you know, my wife says, I want to jump out of airplanes and, and stuff. And I just, I want to jump out of one airplane one time. I'm like, yeah, that's all you'll ever do one time. <laughs> just, oh, just my, my airborne friends in the Army just, you know, they, why do you jump out of a perfectly good airplane? And so, but in the army, you do that because it's made by the lowest bidder, <laughs> and so it's probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, See, this is a rough crowd over here. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't get it at all. You do, you're still thinking that I don't understand. But anyway, we. It seems we want to be adventurous everywhere, except in the place where, man, we we have to be adventurous, and and I think that's in our faith. I, I think so often we play it safe. In our faith, and so over these next couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about um, us praying some very dangerous prayers, um, because I think we miss so much of what what God is and what God wants for us and what God wants from us, um, because we play it really, really safe. And, and I think the place we play it the safest is in our prayers. I mean, it is literally, you know, we 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 just have these prayers like God is great, God is good. Let us thank Him for our food. Amen. And sometimes that is the depth of our prayer. And, and I think that God wants so much more for us and from us, but it's going to come with us actually being risky in our faith and risking our prayers. Um, Hudson Taylor, who's one of my heroes, and if you, you'll hear me talk about Hudson Taylor because this guy was just amazing. He was a missionary to China, you know, and he was the guy that he never asked for $1. He just prayed and believed. And it would show up. I mean, it may be like the very last thing, and he's about to starve to death and die. But right then, right at the right moment, it would just show up. And he just trusted God. And that was his prayer life. But he says this. The prayer power has never been tried to its full capacity. If we want to see mighty wonders of divine power and grace wrought in the place of weakness, failure, and disappointment, let us answer God's standing challenge. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And I, I think so often we come to prayer and we, we kind of stand off. And, and I, I believe with all my heart, we, you know, we are a new church. We are, we are struggling and we are trying to get off the ground and get stabilized and, and be out into this community. And we're trying all kinds of things. But I believe with all my heart that if we don't start praying dangerously, 
If we don't start really just seeking God and saying, God, this is what we're claiming. This is what we're going to do. Then we might as well close the doors. Because so many of our churches today in our country and around the world have lost their power. Because I think they've stopped actually praying dangerously. And so that's really what I want us to talk about the next couple weeks and stuff. And some of the stuff is going to be painful and some of the stuff is going to be uncomfortable. But it's going to be fun. Because I, I dare you, I dare you to do these prayers. I, I dare you to actually like step out and say, okay, God, show me. Show me. Because I believe with all my heart, these, we, we have three prayers over the next three weeks. Search me, break me, send me. And these are the prayers I think God will answer faster than any of the prayers that we would ever ask. So, speaking of that, we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive in. God, thank you so much for tonight, for the opportunity for us all just to come together. And God, I just pray right now, um, God, as we open your word, and as we just kind of dive in, Father, that you would just speak your words. God, what I have to say means absolutely nothing. It is what you need to say, what you want to say, and what you're going to say. God, give us ears to hear and hearts to respond. And God, have your way tonight. Just move in our midst. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight we're going to start this whole idea about search me, this prayer search me, because I think it's got to start there. If we want to see God move and we want to see God move in our lives and, and become real in our lives and real in our church and real in our community, it has to start with us. I, I believe it. it's like we, the greatest revival prayer. If we're praying for revival in our churches and in our country and everything, then that revival prayer has to start with God first revive me. And that's where I think all of this begins. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 139. It's a very simple prayer of David. If you don't have a Bible, we have them around here. If you don't own a Bible, take it, put your name in it, keep it, or whatever you want with it. It's your Bible, but please take that. But Psalm 139, verse 23, 24. David is praying here, and he's got enemies all around him. He's got all kinds of stuff happening and just, and just people just speaking. It's, it is a very trying time in his life. It just feels like the walls are closing in on him. And I love that David's at this great verse. And if you, you haven't read Psalm 139, please read it. Listen, if you don't have very high self-esteem of yourself, read Psalm 139 where it says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And then look in a mirror and say that you're junk because then you just called God a liar because it is a beautiful, beautiful passage of just what God thinks of us and how he made us and knit us together. But I love at the end of all that, acknowledging that God made me and God did it, David has this prayer. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. It is a beautiful and it is a powerful prayer. And it's kind of broken up in just a couple of things that, that I want us to hit tonight. Uh, the very first thing that David says is search my heart. Do you, do you see that? Where he says, you know, search me, God, and know my heart. Why, why do you think the heart? I mean, just, just think about that for a moment. Why, why the heart? You don't have to answer. It's okay. I, didn't <laughs> I was just—I was wondering if somebody might, you know, just if Mitchell was here, Mitchell would have answered for me right there. He was a, I know pastor as is, but that's all right. But the heart is where we are. The heart is who we are. Listen, Jeremiah seventeen nine. If you want to just kind of jump over there, if you don't want to jump over there, just just ooh, don't, you know. <laughs> I love it. It says the heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? Out of our heart comes everything. 
That's why, that's why Jesus actually says, you know, it's not what goes into the body that defiles a man. It's what comes out because it shows what's in the heart. And so the heart is the first place that we go and we say, God, search my heart. And I always think it's funny about, like, prayer. You know, it says that we think like we are, um, we're surprising God. It's like we can actually hide something from God. And stuff. When we tell them to search our heart, it's not that God doesn't know what's in our heart already. It's probably because we're not paying attention to what's in our heart. Uh, understand this. Prayer is not something that changes God. Prayer is something that changes our understanding and our view of ourselves and God. And it changes us. God, you, you don't change God's mind. You don't change his personality. You don't change who he is by prayer. You find out who you are through prayer because God already knows all that stuff. And, and I love that God already knows all that stuff, and he loves us anyway. That everything, everything God does, everything that God says, everything that um, God is, he, he already knows all of that, that stuff. And it's not hiding. So when he says, search my heart, God, it's almost like, God, start showing me things. Start there because that's where everything is. That's where everything hides. That's where everything is. After search my heart, he, he just he comes back and he says, you know, reveal my fears. He's like, show me, show me, show me these things inside of me. Look, look in verse, verse 23. Search me, God, know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. I don't think I'm like moving anymore. Jamie, I may need you to just take over and, like, move this for me. So, um, oh, there we go. Uh, never mind. Um, but reveal my fears. Show my concerns. Show, show the things that are in me. And, and every single one of us have some of fear. And I, I'm not talking about, like, there's a spider on the ground, like, and there's snakes and there's bugs and that kind of fear. And, like, you, the heebie-jeebies. I'm talking about, like, real, real fear. I, I'm talking about the idea that I, I'm, I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of people maybe seeing me for who I really am and not who they I mean it, it's 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 more it's it's spiritual it's life it's a, it's those deep suited feelings I'm, I'm I'm afraid of being totally alone I'm afraid that no one's going to like me I'm I'm afraid of all and we ask God to search my heart and then start showing me my fears reveal my fears because I got to I got to tell you something if you are facing anything in your life and there's fear involved in it it is not of God It is not of God. In fact, that, that's the promise. Go, go, go over to 1 Timothy. Or 2 Timothy, I'm sorry. 2 Timothy 1.7. says, For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness. Man, I'm having difficulty speaking tonight. But one of power, love, and sound judgment. Anything that is filled with fear, anything that is driven by fear, I'm going to tell you right now, is not of God because God doesn't deal in fear. And when we are bold enough to say, God, search me, search my heart, start, start looking at my heart, and start revealing what my fears are. This, it, it gets a little tense right there. Because none of us want to really face our fears. Not really. I mean, we, we, if we're really totally honest with ourselves, we'd like to kind of just ignore our fears and, and just say, okay, we'll, we'll go and do something else. And let, let's just do that. But there, there's real fear. And when God is calling us to do something and do something great, then I'm, I'm telling you, there's going to be fear there, but it's never of God. And so this whole idea of praying, God, search my heart, reveal my fears. And that leads to the next thing, which is uncover my sin. 
just look at verse 24. It says, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me, lead me in the everlasting way. But see if there's any offensive way. God, God, show me, show me what I fear. Show me my heart, but then show me my sin. Reveal that my sin. And that is something that, you know, you and I don't deal with. And I know there are so many people, and I know there are people in this room, and there are people that are going to be at churches all around this world that, that are going to be sitting and filling pews and saying, I'm a good person. I, I do good things. You know, I go to church. I tithe. I help people. I, you know, I do all kinds of stuff. I sing in the choir. I, I lead a Bible study. I do. And we have this whole list of good things that we do. And so many of us have gotten the idea that sin is the stuff, like, don't do the bad things. I don't lie. I don't cuss. I don't cheat. You know, I don't lie. I don't drink. I don't chew. I don't go with girls who do. <laughs> Remember that? I mean, that's, that's what my, like, grandma always say. Don't lie. Don't cuss. Don't chew. And don't go with girls that do. I'm like, Grandma, you're chewing right now. Shut up. You know, because <laughs> the redneck home. So. But, I mean, we, th- we think it's this list of stuff like these bad things. But do you know the Bible also says that he who knows good and does not do it? It is sin. And for some of us tonight, when we say, God, search my heart, know, show me my fear, show me that stuff, and reveal my sin, it may not be the bad stuff that we don't do. It may be the good stuff that we're not doing. Because that's sin also. It may be the stuff that when Jesus says, I need you to love me, love people, and go tell the story and go make disciples, and when we're not doing that stuff, then that, that's disobedience. And disobedience is sin. And that's why this prayer is so scary. That's why this prayer is so dangerous because we start looking at God saying, God, show me my heart. Show me my fears and reveal my sin. God already knows it. The problem is is we ignore it. And so we have to pray this prayer and we say, God, show me this stuff. And, And I love because the next step, once he can do that and once he does do that and he shows us, It says, lead me. Lead me in the way. If there's, see if there's any offensive, uh, offensive way in me, and then lead me in the everlasting way. Lead me in your way. Because here's the deal. So many of us get so close, and I believe this is the problem in so many of our churches and so many of us that may be struggling with faith. And it's my problem sometimes, too, because I get up and say, God, show me what's wrong and what I'm lacking and what I'm doing wrong. Show me that stuff. And God reveals it, and we're like, wow, I never noticed that. Okay, cool. And then I don't do anything about it. I, I love that David says, okay, don't show me where I'm messing up. Show me the stuff that's got to be taken care of, and then lead me, which, which basically says, you lead. I'm going to move and follow where you go and where you lead. See, there's got to be action with our faith. Isn't that what James said? Show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Not that our works save us, but when, when God comes and enters our lives, and when God meets us where we're at, and we pray this prayer, and we say, God, show me this stuff, search me, reveal this stuff. There's got to be a step with it. And I think that's the problem with most of our churches. We get right to that point, and we see the sin, and we see the fear, and we see all the stuff, and God reveals it, and then he says, okay, now, just walk through it with me. And, and we get what, what the old Baptist used to call white knuckle. So you know what white knuckles are? Remember the old pews? And the preacher said, come on down if you need to get right with Jesus. And you grabbed that pew. <laughs> so tight that your knuckles became white. said, I'm not moving. <laughs> and 
And you weren't going to move. And I think that's how we get. God reveals this stuff to us. And we sit there and we hold on. And God's like, you just need to let go and follow where I lead. You, you want to have real faith? You want to you be a part of a church? You want to be part of a movement? You want to be part of something that's amazing? Let go and let me lead you. Which means I got to follow. You see, that's that's... That's what all this is about. I mean, that's what this prayer, it's, it's literally us going up to God and saying, God, what do I lack? What, what, what's, my, why, what's, what's my motivation? What, what, what's going on with me? What am I lacking, God, so that if I'm not doing what you ask me to do or I'm not fulfilling, fulfilled or that full power that you say? Because John 10.10, 10, we all know it, that's, it's a theme of this church. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. You know, if we're not filling that abundant life, then, then God, what am I lacking? What, what am I missing? That's what this prayer is. Search me, God. Know my heart. Show me my fears. Reveal my sin. And then show me how to walk. And so we, we come and we have to make a decision. And, and I love that this is, this is not something that's new for us. It's been going on. People have wrestled with this. And people wrestled with it with Jesus. And we're asking, what am I lacking? I, go to your Bibles. Turn to Mark 10. It's one of my favorite stories. But go, go, go to Mark 10. I, I love, I love this story. Mark 10, verse 17. And, and, and we're, we're going we're to talk about this. And we're going to go through this. But I just want you to hear, this is a beautiful story. Here's Jesus just walking. He's, he's preaching. He's teaching. Everybody knows that, he, that he's the man. Everybody knows, man, they, they come from miles around to see him and to hear him and everything. And it says in verse 17, as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt down before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and I love because in the other Gospels, it calls this man a rich young ruler, which is really, really cool. Because if you know anything about the culture, any of that stuff back there, a rich young ruler would never run to a rabbi. A rich young ruler would sit there and say, tell that rabbi to come over here and talk to me. But there's something about Jesus. And when we come in contact with Jesus, when we come in contact with God and his power and his love, there's just something that draws us to that. And that's exactly what's happened here. And he's asking his question. He says, good teacher, I'm lacking something. Search me, know me. What, I'm lacking something. And I love that Jesus looks at him and says, why do you call me good? No one's good but one, God. And it's almost like Jesus is saying, do you know who you're talking to? Do you understand I'm Messiah, God in the flesh right here and stuff? And here's the problem. Is we oftentimes we pray to God, but we have no idea who we're talking to. And, and I think Jesus tonight is even asking, do you know what's going on? Do you know who you're talking to when you come in? You ask me to search. Because if you're asking me to search, if you're asking me to reveal and, and to show stuff, I'm going to do this. And it may not be comfortable, but do you understand who you're talking to? And the rich man really, he's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, whatever, but... <laughs> and Jesus answered, he says, you know the commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And, and he gave him the list. And we know the list because each of us has that. If you've grown up and been to church a lot in your life, you have the checklist. I've done this, I've done this, I'm a good person, I'm, I'm, you know, I tithe, I sing, I teach, I lead, I give, you know, I, I give away my stuff to charity, I do all kinds of stuff, I'm a good person, I have my list and all that, and I love that we all have that, and it says that 
He looks at him, teacher, I've kept all these from my youth. I've kept my list. And there are so many of us sitting here tonight, and so many of us in churches all over this country that are sitting there going, I've got my list. And yet I, I still don't understand why I feel like I'm lacking something in my faith. Why, why do I feel like I'm lacking something in my church? What, where's the power? Where's all that? I feel because I've got my list. I've done all that. Verse 21 says, then looking at him, Jesus loved him and said to him, and, and, I, and I love that. It's just a little bunny trail right here. Listen, there's nothing you can do tonight to make Jesus love you more. I mean, Jesus doesn't love you because what you can do or how much you give or how often you go to church or how often you pray or read your Bible. Jesus loves you because he made you and he died for you. He just loves you. If you don't hear anything else tonight, just hear that in your heart, that no matter what you think of yourself, Jesus looks at you and looks past all that stuff and loves you. But that's that. it says he loves him, but he says you lack one thing. Go sell all you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Verse 22, but he was stunned at this demand, and he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Listen, I'm not telling you guys, go sell your homes, your cars, and everything, and give it to the church. I would love if you did that because it would help a lot of things that we deal with <laughs> on a monthly basis. But I'm not telling you, that's not bad. But I am saying that when we come to God and we say, Jesus, search me. And know my heart. Seek, you know, see if there's anything. Find out my fears. See, show me my sin, God, and then lead me. Reveal those things to me. Show me what's going on inside of me. That there's a really good chance, and there's probably a really good chance that even tonight God will look at you and say, okay, there's one thing you lack. There's something you're lacking. And, and I don't know what that is. And, and I'm saying, and I, I've been praying this prayer all week. And it has kicked my butt all week long. I've walked around feeling like someone's just, every time I turn around, it feels like someone's just, just literally just kicking me in the butt. And, and, I, and I'm wondering, you know, what's going on and what, what's happening. And, and, and I keep praying this. And the honest truth is that if you pray this, you're, you're only going to have one more response. You have, well, you have two responses. Excuse me. You can respond like the rich young ruler. You can see what you lack and just say, yeah, I don't want to let go of that. And you can walk away sad. I mean, when we pray these prayers and we actually mean it, and we have a sincere heart, we come to God and this is this dangerous prayer of just God search me and he reveals it and we don't do anything about it, then we we have two choices. We walk away sad or or we walk away changed. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I love this in, in Isaiah. And, and you don't have to turn there. Just 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 listen to this. Here, here's Isaiah. And he comes up, and he meets God, and he has this vision of God, and he sees all that God is in his presence just filling the entire room. And I love, this is his response when he sees all that God is, and he sees everything that he's lacking. He says, then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Listen, if you actually want to know if you came into God's presence at church or any other time, it's very simple. If you feel like, woe unto me, man, I'm, I'm in trouble, I'm ruined, then you know you've been in God's presence. Because there's no place holier, there's no place more powerful. And that's really, that's the option, that when we come into God's presence, really truly come to God's presence, man, it is, oh no. 
But he saw, he knew what his, he knew what his deficiency was. And in verse 6, it says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Now this has touched your lips. Your wickedness is removed and your sin is atoned for. So, I mean, and the choice tonight is when we pray these prayers, when we pray this prayer, is that either we let God change us and we say, Okay, whatever, whatever it needs to happen, let it change me. Or we walk away sad. And we're frustrated. Listen, I, just, I, want, I want us each this week as we pray these prayers, I want us to pray and start asking God, search me. God, what, what are we lacking? What am I lacking as a person to truly follow you and to give myself completely to you? God, what, what am I lacking? What are we lacking as a church? I, I want to start asking tough questions about this because I, I just believe right now that God is just doing some amazing things and God wants to do some amazing things, but we've got to get there. And we've got to allow God to do his work in us and we've got to allow God to reveal the things. And, and so there's some tough questions and we need to start asking God, you know, I, I, want, to ask, I want you to ask yourself tonight, well, why do you even come to church here? I mean, if, if you come because you love me, I appreciate that. I love you too. But that's not going to be enough. It's got to move to something else. It's got to move to something where, well, you know, I feel like God has a place and a purpose and a plan for me there. And there's something that I can accomplish that I know because that's what God does. He brings people to churches because it takes all of us to do all this stuff. And so we, we need to ask that question. Okay, God, why, you know, what's my motivation? You know, God, what am I lacking? As a, as a man tonight, you need to ask that question. God, what am I lacking in leading my family and my wife in, in a godly way and my kids? Show me, God, that I become the man that you created me to be. As a, as a mom or a woman, you've got to ask the same, God, what am I lacking? Show us. Reveal that to us. As a church, we need to ask, what are we lacking, God? Because your goal, your plan is for us to change the world. That, that's why you created a church. And so asking these questions and being willing to see what God's saying. Listen, my prayer always, and this is a scary prayer. It's like, God, I want to see this church. I want to see these people move and change the world. And if I'm in the way, then move me. Because what you want to do in Four Corners is more important than me, than I'll ever be. And so we, we pray these things and we ask these dangerous prayers. God, will you search me? Will you know my heart? But then we have to choose to respond. And that, that's, that's where this makes a difference. You know, I, I, I believe all my heart that God, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not quitting, I'm not doing anything. I believe all my God, heart that God called me and my wife to be here to start a church and come down here. Because I, I see the darkness and the hurt in this community. I, I see the, the, you know, that the, the, the Sex trafficking is huge in this area. It's, it's one of the most dangerous spots in the state. And the pornography and, and the drugs and, and just all the brokenness of the families and stuff. And I see it all the time. And I know that God said well, we need godly people. We're not the only show in town. There are good churches in this area. But there's a darkness here. If you talk to any of the pastors that have been here for 12 years, they said, man, we are fighting and we are struggling. And we are, you know, it's been hard. There, there are guys that are here for 12 years. They have 200 people showing up to their churches. They're just now getting a piece of property where they actually can build. And stuff after 12 years, and they got like 200 people, and there are 30,000 people that live here. And when, when I sit and I talk to him, and I say, you know, what, 
what's going on? What's happening? He's like, man, there's just a darkness. We just need more. We just need more. I, I know that the only thing that's going to change Four Corners, the only thing that's going to change Claremont, because Claremont's just as bad. Orlando's just as bad. This whole area is falling apart. The only thing that's going to change that is Jesus. And the only way that Jesus gets here is because his people and his church rise up and say, okay, whatever it takes. We want to see we want to see revival of his church and we want to see an awakening of the people. Then it has to start with us and it has to start with us saying, search me. And if there's anything in me, if there's anything that's the fear, if there's any sin, if there's anything, is there, if there's a wrong motivation, if there's just a wrong agenda, any of that stuff, God, that's not of you, then remove it and show me where to go. See, the honest truth is, is the last couple of weeks I, I've wrestled. One of the things that God has just hit me with, and one of the reasons we're doing this this whole series, but um, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. Most pastors are. Um, especially, I was a youth pastor for like 30 years, and so we're really people pleasers because there's nothing worse than like homeschool parents like killing you and just beating you up and stuff because I've had those. I've had the homeschool parents just like, why didn't you teach my kid Isaiah this? I'm like, I, what, what? I don't know, you know, and stuff. And so I always want to please people. And so that carries over, and I, I am this. But the honest truth is God has just kept reminding me over and over again this week is that the only person I really have to worry about pleasing him, the only pleasing that I really ever is going to matter in all of eternity is when God stands. And when I stand before God and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. See, it's not my job to please you as much as I want to. It's my job to see God's kingdom fulfilled in this area. And whatever that is, Whatever's stopping that or whatever's blocking that, you know, I'm willing just to like, we're just going to dive in and we're just going to go and we're just going to fight and we're going to fight and we're going to fight because it's worth it. Because it was worth for Jesus to die on a cross. And so that's, that's my prayer. That's what I keep saying, search me. I'm asking you tonight, what about you? Are, are you willing to pray this prayer, search me, God, and know my heart? Test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way. Are you willing to just really pray that? Because it's a dangerous prayer. Because it's a prayer that God is saying, I would love to answer that for you. This is not one of those things where it's like, no, wait. Maybe this is the kind of prayer that Jesus, God is like, yeah, yeah, let's get into this. Because the quicker we get into this, the quicker we can start doing the, the things that I made you to do. And so, th- this is this is what I'm asking tonight. Are, are you willing to pray this tonight? Are, are you willing just to kind of sit back and say, "Okay, God, just search me," Wh- whatever that is. And, you know, you may be good. There may be not anything, anything in you that is offensive to God whatsoever. I know that's not true for me. And so tonight, th- this is what this is what we're asking. We're just asking you. Know, we're we're going to take some time, and, and we're going to and we're going to pray, and, and we're just going to say, God, search me, search my motives, search search my heart, show me the things I'm afraid of, show me that sin that I don't even pay attention to anymore, and then just change everything. 
And so w wherever you're at tonight, that's 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 where I'm going to ask it. You just let God just speak. And tonight, if that's it, I'm going to ask the band to come up and play a little bit, just some music as we're doing this. Uh, and if part of that is like, man, I just want to experience again what Jesus has done for me. Like I said, we have communion. We've got a prayer room. You can write prayers, and they're on the wall. And I go in there and pray every Saturday morning. That's where I start. I go and I pray whatever's in that room and stuff. But we just we just pray, and we keep seeking and say, God, search me, search me, search me. And, and as he does that, man, he's, he's going to start changing everything. For us, for this community, this globe I, I believe that with all my heart but it's got to start with us so I'm just going to pray and I'm going to let God just do what God always does speak better than me Father God we just thank you so much God we thank you so much for your love your grace and your, your mercy God, right now, I just ask that you would just clear out every distraction, every other thing that's going on, God. And God, that you would just speak to our hearts, God. God, I, I pray, I, I can't pray this for anybody else. I just pray for myself tonight, that you would search me and know my heart. That you would test me and know my concerns that you would see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. So, Father, right now, just have your way. We pray it all in Jesus' name.